Hello, thanks for listening to the Madison Assembly of God podcast. If you're in the Madison area, we'd love to have you join us next weekend for our Sunday service. For more information, go to madisonassembly.com. Now, here's our lead pastor, Jason Daly. As many of you know, last Sunday we started this whole conversation about Thanksgiving. And last Sunday we learned that Thanksgiving and gratefulness moves the heart of God. There's nothing that moves the heart of God like being a person that is thankful for what God has given you. Grateful, an attitude of great gratitude. How many of you this week, you've been walking around with an attitude of gratitude? You may not be on the job you like, but you're saying, God, thank you, I have a job. Your husband or your wife may not be the person you want them to be yet, but thank you for giving me a... Sp- no, I'm, we have a marriage ca- conference coming up in February. You need to go to that one, Okay. Or my kids are not perfect yet, but thank you for my kids, right? You all know what I'm trying to say. We walk around with an attitude of gratitude, and I want to share with you. The more gratitude that you have in your heart, the greater the blessings will be from the Lord, amen? But we also learned on the other side of that, when we walk around not grateful, when we walk around not thankful, That's one thing that upsets the heart of God like nothing else. We read last week that God forgives the sinner. God forgives those that are broken. God helps those that are in struggles. But when it comes to a person that's not thankful, when it comes to a person that's not grateful, God will not bless us. And all of a sudden, the operations of the enemy, of Satan, begins to operate in our lives. We're not going to rehash that. You can go back and listen to it online. But we're going to move forward because today we're going to continue on the discussion of Thanksgiving. And what I want to say is Thanksgiving is more than just one time of year. Amen, everybody? But when you go all the way back and you look at one of those first Thanksgivings, we think of the pilgrims as they were there in Europe and they said, we have got to go to a new land so that we can worship God. We know that they got on three ships, the Mayflower and the Speedwell and the Penta. I know there was other ones, but they sunk. But anyways, but we know that we know these pilgrims, they had a struggle, didn't they? We know that as they were trying to even before they could even get onto the ships, they went through struggle after struggle after struggle. When they finally got onto the ships... They had struggle after struggle after struggle. And as a matter of fact, let me just share this with you. Of the 132 people, pilgrims, that landed there at Plymouth Rock, there on the the first place of America, what we would say America, only 53 survived of the 132 survived coming over the sea. So that first winter, only 53 survived of the 132 people. Can you imagine doing 80 funerals in one year? Think about this, everybody. I want you to understand there was a struggle. And so I put it on here. We need to remember there was a price paid for the nation that we live in. Men and women gave up lots of things just to come here to this land. But not only did they give up lots of things to come here, but how many know we have men and women who've laid their life on the line, who's fought for our nation, our veterans, our active military, our police force, our firefighters, those that protect our communities, they're laying their their lives on the line every single day. And I'm going to include those that work on power lines. Amen. I'm just thankful for that. Many are thankful for power. We had the coolest thing happen in our house. So about Wednesday night, 2.30, our power went off. It's like, poof. 
And when you're living out in the middle of nowhere, it's dark, everybody, all right? I was scared. No, I wasn't. I was and so about 6.30 the next morning, the lights pop back on. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, yay! And then about a, an hour or so, we hear this huge, huge boom outside. It was like we were in a war zone. Trees snapping. It was the coolest thing I've ever experienced in my life. This huge tree came out of its root, everybody, and it fell on the power line. And all of a sudden, it caught on fire, and I'm like, this is awesome, wow! It was the coolest thing ever, oh, I'm sitting out there in my, my camera. Oh, you got to check this out. Sitting to my brother and, and my dad and all that. This is the most awesome. And the fire department's like, you, you got to get back. Get out of our way. I said, man, this is cool. Let's start that one on fire too, you know? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. But those guys is watching them work so hard. I'm thankful for those that were out there servicing and helping our community. I know there's a lot in this church that serve on the, our power teams. Can we give them a big hand? So I went back to that first Thanksgiving, and we go to a man by the name of William Bradford. He was, one of the, he was the first governor of Massachusetts, and he wrote a Thanksgiving proclamation, and I want to read this to you. Now, understand this is three years after the landing there at Plymouth Rock, and here's what it says. It says, insomuch as the great father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, beans, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forest to abound with game and the sea with fish and clams, and insomuch as he has protected us from the ravages of the savages, has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience. Now I, your magistrate, do proclaim that all ye pilgrims with your wives and ye little ones, how many's glad we don't talk like this anymore? <laughs> Do gather at ye meeting house on ye hill between the hours of 9 and 12 in the daytime on Thursday, November 29th of the year of our Lord, 1623. And the third year since ye pilgrims landed on ye pilgrim rock, there to listen to ye pastor and render thanksgiving to ye almighty God to all his blessings. And so we see here through all the struggle, through all the pain, the governor comes out and makes this proclamation that there's one thing we all need to do, and that's to turn our face to the Almighty God and thank him for his providence, thank him for his protection, thank him for his bounty, thank him for his protection, thank him for healing us of our diseases. Come on, everybody. He says, so here's what I want you to do. Between the hours of 9 and noon, you need to go to the house of the Lord, and you need to listen to ye pastor. Yo, pastor. But the most important thing, you need to worship the Lord God Almighty because he is so good. Amen, everybody? So I want you to understand, through all the struggles, there they are, thanking God for his providence. Amen? As I look around this room, I know many of you, in 2018, it's been a hard year for some of you and your families. Some of you have lost many, many of your loved ones in death. Uh, some of you maybe have lost a job. Some of you have maybe had to make a decision where maybe you're going to be moving out of this community to another community. Or maybe you a new job came along and you got a new job. Or maybe you lost a job. We have all been through our struggles in 2018. But here's one thing we all can do. And I look around this room and there's some of you, you're living the greatest moments of your life. 
And you're sitting here thinking, well, I'm so blessed today. I can't get it out. I'm so blessed. But here's the thing that we all have in common. And that one thing we all have in common is that we will worship and glorify the almighty God. Amen. Because whether we're in the valley or on the mountaintop, God is going to prove himself faithful for every one of us. And here's the great news for you that are in the valley. You're in the best time of your life because you're in a moment that God will move like no other. Now, for some of you that are blessed and happy, I'm going to pat you on the back. But guess what? It's coming. Amen. But here's the good news. We are closer to God than we've ever been before. Amen. I want to go to Scripture in Psalms 103, and you have your bulletin notes. You can pull them out of your bulletin. You can follow along on the screen. You can follow along in your Bibles or your iPhones. But we go to another man by the name of David, who also, like the pilgrims, had an up-and-down moment in his life. You all know King David, the one that slew the mighty giant Goliath. Did you know that David had many obstacles in his way? Did you know his, one of his own sons tried to take the kingdom from his dad, the king? Did you know that one of his siblings sexually assaulted another sibling in that family? Do you know that David had an affair and he tried to kill the woman's husband and they had a child? I want you to understand, David had an up and down life. But we come to some scripture and here's what David says. He says in verse 1, let all that I am, what everybody, read it with me. Praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am. What does he say again, everybody? Praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Now, let's look at this. Read this slow. He forgives me of all my what? Sins and heals all my diseases. How many is glad that God heals our diseases? Amen. Rick Snaybelt, you should be shouting on this one, amen, because cancer was not big enough that God could not take care of it, amen. It says, he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things, and notice this, everybody, my youth is what? is renewed like the eagles. And let me tell you, if you're here and you're 75 and 80 years old, God is going to renew your youth like an eagle. Someone said yesterday, hey, I'm 75 years old. You know what? No, you're not. That's the new 25, baby. Come on. <laughs> Caleb said, hey, I'm 80 years old, but give me that mountain. <laughs> When he said to Moses, give it to me. You know what Caleb had to do at 80 years old? He had to go drive out the enemy, and they were giants, everybody. He said, give me that mountain. Listen, let's move on here. He says, he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. And notice this, everybody. Verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and what? merciful, slow to get angry, and filled, oh, I love this, with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us all for our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we, what? We deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west, 
The Lord is like a father to his children, tender, compassionate to those who what? Fear him, for he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only what? Dust, and our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom, and then we die. The wind blows, and we are gone, as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. The Lord has made the heavens his throne, and there he rules over everything. Are you all getting excited as I am? I'm trying to settle down this morning. I know many of you tell me to stop saying that. I'm trying. Some of you new people come in here like, man, what's wrong with that guy? I just love God, everybody. This stuff is so amazing. His love endures forever. His unfailing love for each of us. Because let me tell you something, everybody. There is days that Pastor Jason does not deserve the love of God. But despite myself, God loves me. Amen. And not only does he say, I promise you, but I'm going to promise your children as well. So mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, if you love Jesus, not only are the promises of God for you, but they are for your future generations. Amen. And here's the good news. Even before my children get married and have kids, God is already there ready to bless that generation too. To generation, to generation. Some of us got to put a smile on our face and understand that we are loved by God. And when you look at God's mirror, he don't hope you're somebody else. He hopes you're you because he loves you. Amen. His love is unfailing. Whew, that wore me out. But anyways, the Lord has made the heavens his throne for there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord. Everything he has created, everything in his kingdom, let all that I am praise the Lord. The first thing that I want to talk to you about is this. When it comes to Thanksgiving, the first thing we need to understand is that Thanksgiving is about what? Praising the Lord. My hope for you is when you wake up on Thursday morning and your family gets there, my hope for you is that you will get up praising the Lord for the good things that he has done. Yes, it may have been a hard year in 2018. Maybe you're still coming out of situations. Maybe you're here and you still don't have power. Here's the good news. We can praise the Lord, everybody. And in the praises, as we're praising the Lord, God begins to move and operate. As a matter of fact, David says this in Psalms 103, let all that I am, what? Praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am, praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. As William Bradford went out to those pilgrims, they've had a tough time. I mean, life was hard, everybody. They're living in a new nation. They have no idea what they're going to experience. As a matter of fact, when you read the history, you will learn that they didn't understand how cold the winter was going to be. And 80 people died that first winter, leaving only 53 left. Can you imagine the disappointment? Can you imagine the fear? Not only that, but they had these savages is what they called them, right? They didn't know these Indians. But the amazing thing is, love looks through all races, tribes, and colors. Amen? 
And on that first Thanksgiving, the Indians and the pilgrims came together, and they had a feast, did they not? They helped one another, right? But here's the deal, everybody. No matter what you have been through, no matter maybe what the last few years have been for you, I want to encourage you today. If you will praise the Lord, your past does not dictate your future. And not only does it not dictate your future, but now in the present, God wants you to make the most of this moment of time that you live in. And that's why David says, I will praise the Lord for all that I am with my whole heart, no matter what has happened to me, no matter how my son tried to kill me, no matter what my son tried to do to my daughter, no matter what, what, I, what I have done to myself through my wrong choices, I stand here today praising the Lord for he is a great God. Let all that I am praise the Lord. The second thing that I want to give you is this. Not only is Thanksgiving about praising him, but the second thing is, is that Thanksgiving is all about what? Remembering God's greatness. Don't stop there. What is the next word? And benefits. Did you all know that serving the Lord brings benefits to us? Did you all know that serving the Lord brings greatness to us? Did you all know that? Let me share a few things with you. I want you to understand that God wants to give us the harvest. God wants to bless us. God wants us to be free. That's one of our visions here at this church is that we will find freedom. I want you to know today we, don't, we do not have to let our addictions control us. We do not have to let our flesh patterns control us. We don't have to let what we feel in our heads and our hearts control us. You see, it's not about our emotions. It's about what we think in our head, and it's about what we believe. It's about what we tell ourselves. Despite what I feel right now, I'm going to serve God no matter what. You can take this whole world, but there's one thing I want. Give me Jesus. Amen. And what does the, what does the writer say? I have never, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed. What? Begging for bread. You can take this whole world, but there's one thing you can't take from me, and that is Jesus. And here's the amazing thing, too, everybody. If you're a follower of Christ, you can take my body, you can take my life, but you will never take my spirit. Amen. Because to, when my body is separated from my spirit, I will be present with the Lord, the Bible says. Amen. Forever to live with him in eternity. But I want to show you these benefits and some of these things I want you to remember as Thanksgiving comes upon us. And here's what he says in verse 3. The first thing that we see is he forgives all my sins. Some of you in this room, you receive Jesus as your Savior, but you still let your past choices dictate your future. You still think about, oh, why did I make that choice? Or, or why did I do that? Or why did I get myself into that situation? And there's some of you in this room... You're in times of your life you never thought you would be at. You, you were growing up, you had all these dreams, and you were thinking all these things you were going to accomplish. You're going to have the perfect family. You're going to have two kids, and you're going to have a dog, right? Now you have six kids and three dogs. No, I'm kidding. But you had all these dreams in your head. And now you sat here in 2018 on this November Sunday morning, and life is not what you thought it would be. How many's ever been there? It's not what I thought it would be. But here's the good news. God has been with you through the whole process. And sometimes we have to go through things so that our eyes would be opened, right? Some of the things that we go through were the choices of our own choosing. But God never gave up on us, amen? 
And so I want everyone in this room to understand, your sins have been forgiven. I said your sins have been forgiven. There is no sin that can keep you bound any longer, according to Romans chapter 6. We are set free from the wages of sin. Because of the cross, because of the resurrection, because of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, we are a new creature, a new transformation, and the old past don't dictate the the new past. Amen, everybody. God is on the throne. So no matter what you have came out of, God does not remember you for what you used to be. He remembers for who you are now. You are a saint in his eyes. But pastor, you don't understand. I was a drug addict. No, you're not. You're a saint. Oh, you don't understand. I I committed adultery. I'm an adulterer. No, you're not. You're a saint. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. I was a thief. No, you're not. You're a saint. Because the scripture says he casts our, our sins as far as the east is from the west. And while you keep bringing up your sins of your past, God is sitting there thinking, what in the world are you talking about? Amen, everybody. Now, I will say this. God knows. He knows our past. He knows the sins that we've done. But here's the good thing about God. God chooses not to look at those things. He He looks at us through Christ, his son. Amen. So I want to encourage you. So the first benefit is we are saved and we are set free. We are forgiven and we are loved. The second thing that we learn is that he heals me of all my diseases. Well, pastor, if he heals us of of our diseases, why does people still die and, 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 and our prayers are not answered? Here's the thing. You need to understand something. The Bible says it's more beneficial for us to be with him. Now, we can agree by faith and believe that God will heal somebody, and he can. Amen. But sometimes our sovereign Lord knows what's best, and he knows that they need to take that person to be with him, right? And here's the good news. They are more alive than you can ever, the concept of your mind, they are more alive than we will ever be on this earth. No more sin, no more sickness, no more devil, no more bills, no more hard times. They are in the presence of God, everybody. So I want you to understand, God is sovereign. He's the father. He's the master. He knows it all. Let me just say it this way. He controls the remote control, everybody. And what he wants is what he does. But God is looking for those who are faithful. God is looking for those who are determined. God is looking for those who pray and believe. And God will answer our prayers because the scripture says he will heal all of our diseases. Amen, everybody. So when someone is sick, we can pray for them. When our child gets sick, we can pray for them and believe that God will heal them. Notice what verse 4 says. He redeems me from what? Death. So we go back to that conversation of death. When I lay my head on the pillow tonight, and though my body might leave this earth, death will not hold me down. Because the Bible says that Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. And as soon as we close our eyes in death, we awake them into a new world, a new life called heaven, a place where we'll be forever with God. The best thing I can think about, how many's ever seen those videos where soldiers come home and they trick their families or surprise their families, and all of a sudden the families go crazy? That's what I think heaven's going to be like. When we step in there, there's grandma going to be sitting there. She's going to see us. Ah, she's going to run over there. I don't know about you all, but for some reason, every time I watch those videos, I cry like a baby. And it's like, oh, this is okay. All right. Maybe it's just me. But he redeems me from death. Notice this, everybody. He crowns me with love and what? Tender mercies. Everybody's looking for love today. Everybody's looking to belong. Everybody's looking for compassion. I want you to understand your heavenly father loves you. 
He loves you. He's not wanting you to be like everybody else. So many of us want to be like someone else. Oh, I wish I could pray like so-and-so, or I wish I could sing like so-and-so, or I wish I was as tall as so-and-so, or I wish I was as short as so I wish I had that body type, or I wish my hair fixed that way. We're always trying to compare ourselves with others. And the Bible says that he crowns me with love and tender mercies. You are loved by God, everybody. Then verse 5 says, he fills my life with what? Good things. Do you all understand that God wants to give you good things? He wants to bless you. And so here's my little, my little pastoral advice for you. Instead of getting yourself all caught up with all the things you got to do. Oh, I got to get the turkey ready. Or I got to make the mashed potatoes. And I gotta, the gravy has to be just right. Maybe you just need to stop and say, you know what? How the mashed potatoes turn out, that's how they'll turn out. I'm going to love on my family today. Don't miss the moments to love our families. And guys... Maybe we just need to turn the TV off because it's the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers anyways, all right? And spend time with our families. My, my point is this. Don't get so caught up in the day that the day is gone. Man, I tell you what. When my, my grandmothers were alive, how many know grandmas hold the families together, don't they? And it seems like now that my grandmothers have passed, it just seems like our, our family is kind of scattered, you know, of the family that I used to see, my aunts and uncles. We don't see those, those folks very much, and we're trying our best to bring that back together. But if your grandma, all you kids sitting up here, if your grandma and grandpa are still alive, here's what I encourage you to do. You go in and put the biggest hug around them. You hug them so hard that they lose breath. No, you love them. Give them kisses on their cheek. And just make sure you take the day and you love on your family. Okay, can you kids do that? I want to encourage you guys, don't take the day for granted. Because we're not guaranteed the next day, everybody. Amen? The next thing that we see in verse 5, he fills my life with good things and my youth is renewed like what? The eagle. And let me just go on here. Two more things. Verse 6, what else does the Lord give us? He gives us righteousness and what? Justice. God holds our lives in the palm of his hands, everybody. And as I tell every teenager, I'll tell everyone in this room, God knows exactly where we need to be in our lives. Maybe you're making decisions on a job. Maybe you're making decisions. Maybe you're here and you're single and you're making a decision on who should I marry, right? I want you to understand God holds all of these things in the palm of his hands. And if we will trust him and do what he tells us to do from his word, he will get us where we need to go, amen? He will open the doors that needs to be opened. Do you all believe that? Because why? He gives us righteousness, right things, right living. But on the other side of things, he holds justice in his hands. You see, some of us have been hurt by others, haven't we? Some of us have been betrayed by others. And if we will just simply get that off of us, that unforgiveness, that bitterness, that anger, if we get that off of us and we give it to him, Jesus says, I have justice. I will take care of the situation. And many times, you know how you reap coals of fire upon your enemy? The Bible says, you love them. I said, you love them. You love them. Because I know every one of us has those family members that you don't like. And you're dreading Thanksgiving Day right now because you know Uncle Mike or our sister, so they're all going to be there. 
And you know, oh my goodness, if she says this or if he says this, I'm going to say something. Am I the only one that's ever been there? You know, God didn't tell us to like them. We don't have to like everybody, but we have to love them, don't we? So I want to encourage you, as you go in there, remember God has justice. Just love on them. Just love on them. This is something I'm trying to, to train myself in. Because you know what? Pastor Jason has lots of opinions, everybody. Uh, uh, Pastor Jason sees how the world should really be. Uh, come on, am I the only one? Uh, uh, Pastor Jason understands how life should be lived by my standard, right? Come on. And I'm learning, you know what? Not everybody thinks like Pastor Jason. Did you all know my kids don't even think like me? And so I'm learning, you know what? Just love them. Love them. Because if you're constantly going around giving your opinion or your advice, guess what happens? You push that person away. But if you will just simply love them, and when they're talking too much and they're starting to get on your nerves, just give them a piece of pie and say, eat this. There's always ways that we can control the situation. Amen, everybody. And you know what? Thanksgiving is not a time that we talk politics. It's not a time that we argue and fight with our families. It's the time to be thankful and reflect the love of Christ. Then let's go on here. The next thing is this. I want to give you real quick. The Bible says the Lord is compassionate and he's what? Merciful. He's slow to get angry and he's filled with unfailing love. You see, what God wants us to be is be his example to our families, to be his example during this Thanksgiving week, to rejoice and to be happy and to, to say, God, thank you so much. Because listen, everybody, the only person that can control you is who? You. No one else can control your feelings. No one else can control you. No one else can make you have a bad day. You make yourself have a bad day. Do you all understand that? Because too many of us live by our emotions, what we feel with our senses, what we see with our eyes, what we hear with our ears, what we smell and what we think, all these things. We live by these things. But here's the good news. We don't have to live by our emotions. We live by God's word. And this is what God's word says, so I tell my feelings to shut its mouth. Because I choose today, though I'm going through difficulty, I choose today to walk in the goodness and the gladness of the Lord. And you promise me, Lord, you will renew my strength. You promise me, Lord, that your mercies and your love, they're unending. And I can make it through this situation. Amen, everybody. The next thing that we find out here, and I love this in verse 13. There's so much that we can pull from this. But the next thing is verse 13. The Lord is like a what? A father to his children. This is what I always say. He's daddy. Now, I know some in this room, maybe you didn't have a father that loved you. Maybe you had a father that walked out on you. Maybe you had a father that criticized you. But here's the thing I want you to understand. Our heavenly father is not that type of father. Our heavenly father is the loving father that cares everything about us. So I want to encourage you, though your mom and your dad walk away from you, though you have friends that walk away from you, God will never walk away from you. So let me demonstrate this. Where's my, where's my daughter at? Where's my daughter, Alyssa? Come here, Katie. Come up here, Katie. This is going to be awesome. Come up here, Katie. This is my daughter, Katie, and she's very introverted. Look at her. She's tall, too. But this is what I want you to understand. This is what our father does. 
I know you don't like people hugging you, but I'm going to. <laughs> she goes, you're sweaty, I know. <laughs> you all know my joke. I, I tell everybody I try to lose weight, right? Then I get to sweating and I smell pork and get hungry, right? You ever heard that? I had a person actually come up to me in this church and say, hogs don't sweat. Only their snouts sweat. So now I got to change that. I got to figure something else to say. But anyways, but I love my kids. I'm not a perfect dad. I mess up and you can ask them. Oh, yes, he does. But our heavenly father loves us. And this Thanksgiving 2018, he desires to put his arms around you and love you with an unfailing love. Not for you to do something for him, not, not out of because it's his duty. He loves you because of who you are. And on this Thanksgiving, you have a father that cares everything about you. He loves you, and his desire is to help you make it to your destination and your purpose for the reason why you were born on this earth. Amen, everybody. Ultimately, our purpose is to glorify him and make him known to all the world. The last thing that I want to tell you. So we know that Thanksgiving is all about praising the Lord, thanking God for all the things that he's done for us. And then we learn that Thanksgiving is all about the benefits that he, where we remember the benefits that God has provided to us. And so then we come to the third thing is, if we praise the Lord and we understand that God loves us and wants to bless us and his benefits, then the third thing is Thanksgiving is all about what? Trusting God's rule. Now, I want to put, a bit, I want to put up a picture. Check this out. How many know this is trust? I'm afraid if I asked my wife to do that now, she wouldn't hit the ball, right? You understand what I'm saying? How many of you know you've been, you've been married 30, 40 years? You probably wouldn't be nice like that, right? <laughs> but that's trust. And that was the greatest picture that I wanted to show to this church. This is what God wants of us. He wants us to trust him, even when we're fearful, even when we're, I don't know if this is going to work, right? We trust him. Let me read some final scriptures here. The Bible says this, the wind blows and we are what? We are gone, as though we had never been here, but the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. The Lord has made the heavens his what? his throne, and there he rules over everything. God rules over everything. And he sets high above in the heavens, and no demon, no situation, no problem can remove him off his throne, everybody. Amen? And then we go on. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening from each of his commandments. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord. Everything he has created, everything in all his what? Kingdom. Let all that I am what? Praise the Lord. And so this morning, Pastor Elijah, come on up. So this morning, I want you to understand, you can praise the Lord. You have benefits and blessings. And I want to encourage all of you in this room, trust him. As a matter of fact, look at your neighbor and say, trust him. Trust him. No matter where you're at in your life right now, everybody, trust him. Can we all stand to our feet?